0: When I was in high school, pretty much the only two things I cared about was wrestling and girls. Now, I'm going to focus on the first one, but at some point, I don't remember when or where I got this, but I think it was from a wrestling magazine. There was a full page ad for something, but the entirety of the ad said, Get up and train while your opponent is sleeping. So I ripped that out of the magazine and I tacked it up onto the ceiling of my room. So when I woke up, it was normally the first thing that I would see upon rising. Now a quick Google search for motivation will gift you with many different quotes about putting in the work and being a quiet worker to achieve what you want. Phrases such as, rise and grind, wake up. Pray. Hustle. Don't stay in bed unless you can make money in bed. That one gets a little weird, but anyway. (laughs) Without hustle, talent will only carry you so far. Let your hustle be louder than your mouth. Last, but certainly not least, and probably my most favorite, thou must keep grinding to keep thy hustle going." And a lot lot of people love to post different stuff like this all over social media to virtue signal to everyone else about how hard they work. When it comes down to it though, if you ever have to tell someone how hard you're working, then you probably aren't doing enough and you aren't working silently enough in the shadows. Why do I bring this up? Well, because in today's gospel, we see the work ethic of Jesus. It may be the clearest picture we have of a typical day in the life of Jesus and the apostles. Often we hear that Jesus was teaching throughout the day through parables to all. Or he was healing people in a certain place and healed vast numbers of peoples. But I think this account from the gospel of Mark gives us the best picture into what 24 hours in the life of Jesus and the apostles may have looked like. It tells us that after leaving the synagogue, Jesus went to the home of Peter and Andrew, where immediately he healed the mother-in-law of Peter. Now, it's an important detail to note that once he got to the home, he didn't do any work for he was observing the Jewish Sabbath until it was evening. Then he spent the evening healing those who needed to be healed and driving out demons from those who were possessed. And then, early in the morning, before dawn, he leaves to start the work all over again. He doesn't do so, he doesn't start doing ministry by walking by people's homes and healing them while they are sleeping. Although, admittedly, if he did this, he probably could have freed up a bit of his day's schedule but rather he does the most important thing he can. He spends time in prayer. I imagine Jesus knew that the rest of his day, pretty much every day, was going to be filled from one moment to the next with people needing things from him. Food, healings, exorcisms, and teachings. He provided for everyone's needs. But before he did these things, he needed to first do what would supply his needs, and that was to start his day in prayer. We should emulate this practice of Jesus. I imagine in the story we hear in today's gospel, Jesus must have felt very much like a father, because as soon as his disciples realize that he isn't in the house anymore, they go looking for him to interrupt his prayer. Jesus doesn't get upset and say, Oh, come on, Peter, I was just getting into the prayer and you ruined it. He doesn't complain to Peter and say, What do these people want from me? I just healed a bunch of them yesterday. How many more possessed people can there be in this region? He says, Hey, let's go do it all again today. There are so many more people that need me. Paul, in his letter to the church at Corinth, tells them that he has so much in the way of an obligation to preach the gospel that if he doesn't, calamity should fall upon him. Now, Paul had every right to charge people for what he was providing them. There were plenty of itinerant teachers who were supported by the people that they were teaching. But Paul didn't want anyone to feel like he had a motive to preach the gospel other than his love for Jesus and for them to know Jesus as well. He says that he is free in regard to all. He owes nothing to anyone, nor has he coerced anyone for anything. He does so that, so that he will be free to preach the gospel to all. In another letter, he makes it clear that he doesn't care more for those who have money versus those who do not. Neither of them influences the way he preaches the gospel, nor does he change the gospel for either. He is free from obligation in regard to all peoples, but he is a slave to the obligation to preach the gospel. By virtue of our baptism, confirmation, and the reception of the Eucharist, we have the right to be called Catholic. But with every right, there is a corresponding responsibility. We have the right to be called Catholic, to be called children of God, to partake in the Eucharist. And we also have the responsibility to preach the gospel to others. It's not a suggestion. It's not a nice thought. But like Paul says, woe to us if we do not preach the gospel. Being tired isn't an excuse not to preach the gospel. Jesus was tired, and he still got up before the day began to spend time in prayer with the Father. Being busy isn't an excuse. Paul worked a full-time job as a tent maker while preaching the gospel in the evenings and at night so that he wouldn't be a financial burden on anyone he was preaching to. Being scared isn't an option. Paul was executed for preaching the gospel. Jesus was executed for preaching the gospel, and we have not yet begun to suffer for the gospel to the point of shedding blood. Evangelization scares people, because if you're like me, you think of a guy with a big controversial sign and a bullhorn yelling at people walking down the street in the summer at the oceanfront. That is not evangelization. Well, it's not effective evangelization. Evangelization is nothing more than living well, being joyful, loving others. And if they ever ask why, sharing with them, it's because of our relationship with Jesus. Blessed Charles de Foucauld lived as a missionary priest in Algeria among no Christian peoples for 16 years until he was martyred. He never made one convert. He started no religious orders while he was alive. He never had any one of the people he lived among except the gospel. Yet he remained there, living with them, evangelizing them by his life. And he is now in the process for sainthood because of it. This is effective evangelization and the type of evangelization that we are called to participate in. So, during this upcoming week, we should first make time for prayer. And during that time, we should spend part of it evaluating the life we are currently living. We should ask ourselves this question, where is it that I am called to be a missionary and preach the gospel? Is it in your own home? to your own family? Is it your place of business or the public that you interact with? Is it at the school that you attend? Because I promise you the Lord will reveal to you the way in which you are called to preach the gospel in the life that you are currently living. But I promise you also, we will never know how and where the Lord is calling us to be a missionary if we never take the time to ask him in prayer.